You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes. And even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will arrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello, hello. Welcome to the Get Fucking Real show. My name is Lisa Cherney. I am your host, and I am ironically excited to have a juicy conversation today about debt with our guest, Joanna Garzilli. She is illuminating. She has a cool accent that makes everything that she says sound awesome. And she shares the underbelly of what it's like to have six figures of debt and then step-by-step how she got out of that debt to the point where she cut up her credit cards, y'all. That's my question to you. Could you cut up your credit cards like, and not use them online or anything so only work from a cash basis? That is how Joanna lives now and it's how she runs her business Um, And she's no slack. She is an award-winning HarperCollins author. Her book is called Big Miracles, The 11 Spiritual Rules for Ultimate Success. She has a cool um, online TV show called Tarot News, which she talks about how when it came to her, she was resisting it because she didn't want to be associated with current events and spirituality and how transformational it's been for her. So that's just a great lesson of, you know, how we have, um, you know, basically that's commandment number 11 where we talk about how embracing that you're not the same person you were when you made past mistakes. And so she's like had all this baggage around connecting herself with current events and news and how uh, her new show Tarot News has been so eye-opening for her. So just so awesome. So much healing to be had for us. You know, we are the folks that are going to heal this planet with our missions. And so we need to get out of our own fucking way and get on with it. If you have not downloaded the 12 GFR commandments, please do so. Um, Everyone that does winds up printing it out, putting it in a sheet protector or laminating or something because it's, it's so uh, powerful as a roadmap for getting real. So grab that at uh, gfr.life forward slash 12 C. And what else I want to tell you about Joanna Oh, you know, actually what I want to tell you about me is that I am not immune to the, to the threat of debt that mission-driven entrepreneurs need to navigate. And about 15 years ago, my husband and I got fucking real and added up our debt, our, our debt from my business, um, his business, and our consumer debt. And we were about $80,000 in debt. Oh my God, how fucking embarrassing. But so healing to just have eyes wide open and really look at it and then create a plan to get out of it. And 
within, I think it was four years, I was able to put $90,000 cash down on our condo to get us out, like basically pay off that loan and get us into a new home um, through my work as a mission-driven entrepreneur and, and because of some of those investments that I made, right? So they do pay off. Um, it is worth leaning into. It is worth getting real about. You know, just last week we had our confession call. We have a monthly confession call with our GFR squad, which is our membership community. And we had a couple people confessing about enormous amounts of debt. And it was so touching to receive those confessions. And I really believe that when we get fucking real about anything in our lives, it marks a new chapter. So I intend that today's episode and Joanna's candidness creates a new chapter for you where you can get real about what is getting in the way of you getting out there with your shit and helping people and doing the thing and saying the things that you know you're here to say. Because my friends, life is short. I just had another reminder this week about that. Life is short. So please take action from the things that inspire you from these stories that you hear. And without further ado, I want you to meet Joanna Garzilli. Joanna Garzilli, welcome to the Get Fucking Real show. Hello, hello. Hello, Lisa Cherney. I am ready to get fucking real. <laughs> Isn't it fun to be able to just say fuck right off the bat? <laughs> fuck. Yes, fuck. And it sounds so, it sounds even more fun with your accent, with your English accent. <laughs> Get naughty. It's funny because I had a gal come up to me at an event I was recently at, and she's like, you know, I'm from England, and so people don't think that I like the word fuck. <laughs> she's like, they always like, she's like, and she's a little bit older, she's like, people will will be having conversation next to me, and they'll say, you know, fuck, and they'll like apologize to me. And she says, I think it's so funny how people just assume, you know, because of England and older and so... It's a uniting word. It brings us together. Well, we all do it. Whatever race, religion, everyone does fuck. This or is hope, true. Right? This is so true. This is, I, yes. Ah, I can go on and on just about the word fuck. <laughs> One of the benefits of, of having a show with that in the name is that people send me all the memes and all the gear and, and all that stuff. So it's really funny. It's really funny. Okay. So... I am so excited to have you here. You and I have traveled a long time together. We met first when you were a guest on a telesummit called that I did called Meditate Your Way to Millions. You know, you have multiple books. And at the time, I was completely enamored with your being basically the expert on intuition to the stars. And so, you know, that was awesome. And it was on that series that I realized that many people that I was speaking to had dark night journeys that helped them birth where they were, you know, now. And so here we are, I, I think that the GFR show is like a, a kissing cousin to that Meditate Your Way to Millions series. And you, in that time, have gotten more and more fucking real about your stories, about, you know, the birth of Joanna Grazili and who she is now. And so I'm excited to share you with my audience. I am excited to go to a whole nother level of real and I am ready. Awesome. That's so awesome. Okay. So take us to the before picture, you know, and I'll tell people that 
cannot see you, right? If you're a GFR squad member, you'll get access to a video and you'll be, see this gorgeous soul who you like remind me of like a mermaid with your long blonde hair and it's flowy and gorgeous and the accent and, but don't be fooled y'all. She's got some grit. So tell us, tell us where you were before the chapters of your story that you feel really gave you the experiences that led you to being able to own your power in the way you do now. So being on Get Fucking Real meant that I had to sit for quite some time beforehand and go, am I going to get real? And it's what you said before, it's the fucking part. I had to really be with myself. And that was extremely uncomfortable to go to a whole nother level of this idea of going, where was I to where am I now? And so when I was really thinking about the from and the to, it's easy to sugarcoat it, to lie to oneself, to think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a little goat or something eating in, in the paddock when I'm still an ostrich with my head in the sand. I <laughs> <laughs> so, don't know why those images just came to me. <laughs> ostrich and goat. So from, let me go where I was, I would say I'm going to go from 2009, because that was quite a pivotal point. There are different points in my life, obviously, where I was at a from to, I hit some type of, oh my gosh, I've got to get real, and then came out the other side, and then crashed again. 2009, it was, I'd been in the online marketing space, I came into it in 2006, but more as a student at that point. And then I had been working professionally as a psychic, a psychic medium, and I was teaching psychic development workshops. And as I moved in, the, the online space was really taking off back then, right? It's like you could basically put some poo in a paper bag and sell it. I mean, <laughs> just and make a lot of money too. So it was that gold rush on the internet. And then what happened was I started to be around some people that said, oh, you can, why are you just doing psychic readings? You can do coaching as well. And then I started doing coaching and then I came up with this format called the intuition blueprint reading. And, and my rates back then were around between 150, then they went up to 175 an hour at that point in, in the year before in 2008. And then I remember going to an event and someone said, oh, you're only charging that. You need to put your rates up some more. So I put them up a bit. I put them right up. I was told to put them up to 1500 for a 90 minute session. And that was terrifying for me. And so I would say that was my rate. And then it would come to working with someone and I would in the end up charging four, 500. I was all over the place. It was depending on who I talked to or how confident I was feeling on a certain day would depend on, on what that would be. There then came a point where I did start selling those blueprints at 1500. I started getting involved in certain masterminds and very much under the philosophy of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which I think is a phenomenal book. And of course, it's sort of like religion. There can be certain principles commandments, rules, ideologies that are great. But again, it comes to the human beings. I mean, Islam is meant to be one of the greatest religions ever, but <laughs> that's a whole nother story behind that. So for me, I started uh, charging, um, learning to charge more and more. And my business, every year, my business was doubling. 
it was phenomenal. Started doing really, really well to the point my son, Dominic, was born in 2009 as well. And then the business was doing so well that my husband stopped working at the Ritz Carlton he was at back then as a server. And he became a full-time stay-at-home dad. I was speaking on stages, this and, you know, all over the place. And then it got to the point where we just fast forward in time to, I had just over a a week long period where I closed $110,000 in sales. Wow. Yeah. I had mentors who were saying to me, you have to fly first class because people have, will have a certain perception of you. You need to dress a certain way, but it was more coming from a drive of, I feel the guidance I was having back then was to be perceived in a, a put across a certain image, sort of what happens on social media today and Instagram. Or there was a great a documentary called The Fire Festival, where it was like this greatest festival that never happened. It's misleading people. So right at that point where I had those big paydays, I wasn't making the multi-million dollar level like some of my peers in the industry. But at that point, I did close to half a million and then everything imploded. So let's just draw some lines under some of the things that you shared because it's powerful and it is the story of many of our listeners. So one term I want to define is mastermind. So for those that are in the online marketing, coaching, training industry, people know that to be a mentorship type program and making these types of significant investments in a mentor is fucking smart. Like, let's learn how to, you know, just do what they do. And it often has us lose ourselves a little bit because we're sort of, it's like, you know, we're forming who we are, you know, in the shadow of this person and they're giving us the formulas. And it's sometimes hard to kind of stay connected to, you know, who we are. You know, it's like my daughter just started high school and my husband and I are just like on the edge of our seats watching who she is in this brand new environment, this brand new culture with mentors and peers and seeing her expression. And I can go into a fun story that happened yesterday where a gal called her out in class, called her a tryhard. This is a thing, Joanna. It's like, I guess that's the new nerd, but they called her a tryhard. And after ignoring the gal for a little while, she turned to the gal and was like, well, what are you getting in this class? And she said, a C. And my kid said, well, that makes sense. And that was it. That was like the proudest mama moment I have had in a really long time. You know, just watching her own her herself. And that's where I feel like as entrepreneurs, when we are with mentors and in groups and we are evolving and we're like you talked about charging more and how much of an inside job that is. And then, you know, we're in that culture where we're charging. So, yeah, I just wanted to just drop in a little bit to that because we're about to get to a pivotal point. And I think it there's a lot of listeners who are in that gestation period. And it's a great reminder to just like in a Christine Closer episode 17 talks in her, it's called From a Bankruptcy to Bestseller, tells a very similar story of being with mentors and sort of kind of losing her sort of own compass. So it's something to be aware of. And I'm not obviously bashing mentors at all because I am one of them. But, you know, you got to find ones that really resonate with you at different points in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I think it's 
one gets guidance maybe with certain things, but ultimately you have to come back to trust your own gut because it's not a one size fits all. So true. Yeah. So that's commandment number. I can't help but say commandment number seven, GFR commandment number seven, trust yourself, trust your gut. And that confession question, what is my intuition telling me? Which I think we're going to do a special segment for the squad after the show, just about that. Cause you are the intuition expert. And that's the irony, Lisa, is as the intuition expert, at that point, I had already written Unleash the Psychic in You, How to Trust Your Intuition for Success. I was great at guiding other people. I thought I had come out that other side of that because I had made comfortable six figures in my business. I had met my husband. I was getting everything that I wanted in my life. And this is the thing is that sometimes I feel that some of these schisms or misalignments can be buried very deep that they are volcanic in nature and so i could see myself as a volcano that maybe had had a big eruption then the volcano went dormant and then it seismic activity from the environment i was in it blew up again for me that implosion point was things this is the thing things were still going well on my life on the outside I still had a good lifestyle. I was living far beyond my means. I imagine we're going to talk about the lessons. But one of the things I will say is that there was the volcano, that lava within me was, it's never enough. And so it didn't matter. I always thought when I make this amount of money, oh, when I make a hundred thousand a year, when I make 200,000, when I make 300,000, when I hit that close to 500,000 point, I was still living beyond my means. I was spending six figures beyond my means in a combination of ways. And so that one of the things that happened was part of that lava and not being enough. Why? Well, why after I'd already imploded everything, or I knew I had that issue, I'd already written Unleashed the Psychic in you and addressed that, why would I be so stupid to go and fall back into that pattern again? And I didn't realize there was a, another level of inner work to do. And I was working with a handful of, I had a number of coaches at the time in different areas. One of those coaches, I'm not going to say I was a victim here in it, because I had a choice but I ended up in a sexually abusive situation. There's certain things legally I can't talk about. It's like a, it's a little bit like a, a mild, sort of a me too from what we've had in the entertainment industry, but in our industry, in the motivational self-help personal development industry. And I wasn't the only person that was affected. There was a three-year period. Gosh, maybe I'm overreacting here because it sent me into a tailspin. I ended up in shock. And, and there were some things that, were very, very dark that I experienced. And as it was happening, it's almost like I couldn't believe it was happening, but it was sort of like out of a movie. Even with my intuition, because of the environment that I was in and the way things were set up, although everything in my, my body, my mind, my heart, my intuitive senses said, you don't have to go and do that exercise, or you don't even have to go to that specific event I still went because I had a core of low self-esteem and that person knew that. They knew that I had issues. My dad, my dad is very, very, very successful. He's very low key and humbly is very, very wealthy. So I think that for me, I always wanted to prove myself. <laughs> and, and, and I was given a lot growing up and I wasn't great. In a way, it was sort of 
I rejected those things. I saw it as a, I was ashamed of coming from a good, hardworking family. And I had a whole load of beliefs around that. Yeah. So it sounds like there was a bit of a conflict even within you because you're wanting the financial success and you're getting accolades from people that are coaching you for that success. And, but there's also part of you that has some shame from your childhood of having that success. And what does that mean? And some beliefs around that. So that must've been quite the inner conflict. So when I came back from that experience and I briefly taught with, at the time when I was there with the other people, we were told we couldn't talk about anything when we came back. And so I had to sit for a long time with suddenly those people weren't allowed to communicate with me anymore. It wasn't until three years later that I got confirmation on certain things and they had gone through hell. Some of them had gone bankrupt. Some of them, their relationships broke up. Just think it was almost like a curse. Now it's not literally a curse, but that's what it felt like because Again, a lot of the teachings that are out there, whether from meditation tools to using Think and Grow Rich to using NLP, they can be used for good or they can be used to psychologically control people and do bad things. Because you can, when you can read energy or you can use a certain technique, a person who isn't aware isn't necessarily going to know that they are being... For me, the awareness I have now is I was a volcano who was dormant and the situation was, it was re, you know, it was alive. It was basically, uh, how do you call it? It was set into being erupted again. And then with that, I went into a tailspin. And ironically at that point in time, I had my book deal coming through from HarperCollins, but I went, I don't want to be in this industry anymore. I can't stand. And not only that, there were some other situations with masterminds that I was involved in where I saw what was being shared from the stage, certain people. And again, I don't want to, I'm not having a go. I just want to be really clear here. It's not like I'm trying to be negative about these people. These were just my observations and my experience. I saw certain people selling stuff from the stage and saying, you're going to this, this, this. And of course, you know, each person has to run their own life, but then there were other things that they were missing out, key points. It's sort of like saying to someone, I'm going to teach you how to build a plane. And then you can fly that plane from Los Angeles to London, but they're missing out. Oh, you, you need to have a motor in there or, oh, I need to give you the instructions to fly the plane. They're not giving the full kit and I, I saw this happen and, and from behind the scenes because I was a spiritual coach to a couple of people. And, and here's the thing. I stayed engaged with those people because I was getting paid by them. And then also I was getting, you know, if I look back of what could I have done differently, I should have stepped away right then and gone, I can't even be a support to someone that is actively engaging in this type of behavior. And I don't think, again, with a couple of these people, I don't think they're even doing it on purpose. I always refer to my grandpa's story of the scorpion and the frog. And that is the one that comes up over and over when the scorpion wants to get across the river and uh, the scorpion says to the frog, will you take me? And the frog says, well, if I do that, you're going to sting me. You know, you're going to sting me. And the scorpion says, why would I do that? If I sting you, we're both going to drown. The frog says, oh yes, hop on my back. They get halfway across the river. The scorpion stings the frog. The frog says, why did he do that? Now we're both going to drown. And the scorpion says, I'm sorry. I know I can't help it. It's in my nature. 
I am a Scorpio, by the way, astrologically. <laughs> but I have Libra moon and Leo rising. So I think sometimes uh, there are people who are in the leadership development space. Their hearts are in the right place. They are good people. But sometimes it's like there's something, a deeper wound that where they think they've done the spiritual work or they think because they've been coaching for years or they think because they've made a whole load of money or spoken on certain stages. But the work, in my opinion, from where I'm at, it doesn't, the work doesn't stop. Yeah. Yeah, And I think what, thank you for sharing uh, so candidly. And I don't hear it as, you know, coming down, you know, on this industry at all. What I'm actually hearing is they are living their GFR wormhole stories, right? Like we could easily have them on the show talking about how they fucked up and they sold people's shit that they, they weren't walking their talk, you know, like that's the holographic sort of upward spiral thing of the mission driven entrepreneur is that we do leave collateral damage and that collateral damage is the journey of those people and it's birthing their next, you know, their next level. Like there's like, I don't think I've ever like really envisioned this, but like there's these upward spirals that are sort of intertwining right along the way. And so I'm hearing you share it in the spirit of like, this was your journey. This was part of your seismic activity that created the eruption that birthed, you know, the, the Joanna Garzilli that's here today that has the best-selling book and won the awards and is walking her talk and congruent and loving her life and, and all that. So the show, the Get Fucking Real show is about telling these stories so that when people are in this stuff, when they're in it, it gives them hope. Okay, this has a purpose. I'm going to come out the other side. This is actually part of my journey. You know, like uh, episode 15, Sabrina Truscott talks about hers as I'm um, from anorexic actress, you know, to something about, I can't remember the, the, the two, but being a brilliant businesswoman. And right. And so she has her me too journey and her journey of like feeling like I trusted these people and this isn't feeling right. And is this really how it goes? And that's what I'm hearing from you is like you were in this mastermind, this having these experiences with this person of authority and not feeling like your intuition was saying this isn't feeling good or this isn't right. But yet, you know, this all everybody else, like, you know, there's all these other contrary indications of, which often is of our intuition. There's always contrary indications kind of helping, you know, question our sanity. So I didn't, I didn't have the courage to walk away. I should have said, I'm not going to be part of this thing anymore. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Walking away is hard, right? When we've invested, you know, it's that I can't remember the, the word I'm looking for, but it's like, you've invested so much time that walking, you know, it's like, walking away is sort of negates all that time you invested and all that money you invested. And, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to walk away. Exactly. And that's why I stuck around long because I had put a, a lot in, but now I know I say this to my son often, there are no shortcuts. <laughs> yeah. So you, so just to do a little recap, so you are living well beyond your means and you, you referenced you know, well into the six figures beyond your means, even though as your income was increasing, you were spending. And there was another thing that happened with that. After this occurred with the certain, was a couple of different situations with different mentor coaches that I was paying that I had at the same time, because I was so disillusioned, because I didn't process it, 
properly and I didn't give myself permission to do that. And I really beat myself up for going, oh gosh, Joanna, if you're so intuitive, why do you land yourself in this crazy situation? And so I just wanted to bolt from the industry my husband could see that I was suffering a lot with this. He said, look, I have this opportunity with this other business in manufacturing. And it was like going from the frying pan into the fire because then we plowed all this money into, I'd never worked in manufacturing, but into getting, buying these very expensive machines, factory space and all this stuff. And so that plummeted us from where I was, yeah hit the close to half a million mark, suddenly going into six figures of debt. And I had had the person who we had gone into business with, where they had said, on my, about for my American Express, I always had the charge card, I would pay it off each month, I had a perfect track record with them. And then this person had said to me, we just need another 20,000. I'd said, look, you had 25,000 last month. I just need 25,000 again. He said, I swear on my life, I'll pay it back. I said, you're swearing on your life. I've never screamed as loud as I did when that whole thing fell apart. I was, and I'm not typically, I'm normally quite a gentle, great if I'm angry ever. I'm quite a graceful person. It takes a lot to make me angry. But when I get angry and I was screaming down the phone at him, and then I remember lying on the floor in our several you know, expensive apartment that we were renting where I had, we had our three cars at the Porsche 911. We had Trailhawk, we had Prius, we had Manny. Yeah. Cause everything back then was outsource everything. Have all these people on your team. We were spending a lot of money and I just, I was shaking. I was just literally going, how did I do this to myself? I know, I know exactly how I did it, I, some part of me, if I had felt whole within myself, if I had felt that I was enough, I wouldn't have made the decisions I made that put me in the mess that I ended up in. It's so poignant to have those moments when we get clarity about the fucking lies we tell ourselves, even though we have shame, like we're in a situation and we have shame, but if it gives us clarity, like I love your neon sign nuts behind you. Uh, for those who are seeing the video, it says Tarot News, which is your new show. Like there's a neon sign that says you, you are doing this because you don't feel enough. You're doing this because you feel worthless. You're doing this because you're afraid to fail. You're doing this because, you know, you know whatever. And to, to actually have a freaking neon sign that says that. That was the joke you see. What happened was growing up in England from the background, from the family that I came from, from some of the circles that I moved in, that I went to the private school I went to where Jackie and Joan Collins went and Richard Branson's daughter. And I moved in very, you know, I did things that are very like in the high social circles. So to be the neon sign psychic and my husband, Nick said to me, embrace the neon because I'd always be, we, go, we live in Los Angeles and I see, I, oh, these neon signs psychic, because some of them are, they are, some of them are charlatans. One has to watch out. I pushed back on all of it, but then I was rejecting a part of, which is very much me. I've always loved doing- Embrace the neon no. sign. I'm yes. loving this. <laughs> <laughs> so you are on the floor of your very expensive apartment with your very expensive cars and your very expensive nanny coming to a monumental realization. Oh, yes. And- I mean, we were having dinner, our food expenses each month, we were spending seven and a half thousand dollars a month just on eating. Wow. 
Wow. I didn't, but, but I was comparing myself to other people in the industry who were, some of them were spending 15, 25,000 months on eating out and entertaining. So, so where do you go from here? I mean, and you know, ironically, I had a conversation with a friend just the other day who admitted, confessed to me, because I attract confessions, which I'm very proud of, you know, that, that he has a ton of debt and and he's like, what do I do now? So, so what did you do next? How did you, yeah, what happened next? <laughs> so I did not want to write the book with HarperCollins a point. So I there for 20 years, I wanted to be a HarperCollins author. But because I was going through this, I felt, how can I even do this book? What I had to, what I know now is that it didn't mean that the spiritual wisdom I didn't have was fantastic. I just, I had that core of low self-esteem that, that just came up like in one of those movies where you think the awful thing is dead. And then it's like, get it, get it. <laughs> so, so it, so we, so at that point, instead of staying in Los Angeles, we bolted, we went to Arizona and for me, the quote I know you say, and I, so I feel like I want to say it now because you asked what is a favorite quote. And it is that everywhere you go, there you are from Confucius. Because I did in 12-step program, they'd call it doing a geographic. I thought, oh, well, if we just move and this, but the, you know, I still couldn't es escape myself. So it was very peaceful being in Arizona. We had a very good lifestyle there but things were still unraveling because we were still scrambling, even though we were in that six figures of, in debt. And my business was still doing well. I mean, that's the thing. It wasn't doing quite as well as at the, sort of the close to 500 mark down to 250. But again, you know, I hadn't processed everything. So it wasn't until what then happened was after Big, after Big Miracles was published with HarperCollins, we, we decided to come back to LA because Nick's uh, mum had been quite unwell and we thought well let's let, let's come back because that's where family is and that's very much where home is although Arizona was fantastic and the big thing was at that point I went into 12-step program for money and I had done it before many years before and um, and so the, the, the main idea in that program was don't debt one day at a time so in October 2017, I said to Nick, we've got to stop using credit cards. We have to stop using them. I, it took me a very long time. It was a massive blockage for me because I didn't understand the difference between when I was debting or not debting when I was living beyond my means. And then eventually what I learned was, oh, cash on hand. If you have cash on hand or something within your bank account, then you're not debting. But anything that is on a credit card, you're essentially, you know, it's not okay. It was a, a schism for me. I didn't understand that. I saw other people struggle with that. So, uh, but one of the things that what happened was the steps I think are fantastic, but they always say, you know, you, it, it's principles before personalities. And some of the people I was around in that program for me were very, very toxic. The more involved I got in being of service in that community there was other crazy stuff that happened and then I went I was actually I was treasurer of one of the meetings and that was really great and there was a lot of growth from that but then ultimately I decided to 
step away. And, and then after I stepped away, one day I got a phone call, I guess from, I don't know, something on, someone just called and said, oh, if you could get rid of this debt. And it was, it was sort of miraculous. I then researched this company that I was referred to because I thought, is this a scam? And we ended up going into debt resolution. So all these credit cards and my husband had got, had an accident at the time and we had all these medical bills as well. Wow. And he didn't have a job at that point. And so we got into debt resolution and that was amazing for us because suddenly we just, it forced us then actually to totally stop. There was no risk of let's go and take out another credit card. <laughs> it, was, it was pulling the plug. So right before that debt resolution program started, which we are still in and we have not missed a single payment and we have been paying down all of our debt steadily and consistently and always having a cash cushion as well consistently, which has been phenomenal. That has been absolutely amazing. It's hard at times, but it means that I make totally different choices. I make business decisions and personal decisions from what cash do I have on hand and knowing that here are my expenses of where I have to pay these bills each month. I have a commitment to that and to make sure I don't default on that. Then even though I can afford certain things, I'm not going to buy those things because I want to make sure that I have that cash cushion. So that has been huge. And the other thing was, is that we had with the uh, IRS, the Inland Revenue Service and Franchise Tax Board, which is for California, we had a whole load of back taxes. And part of that was, is that I had hired for the business a number of accountants and bookkeepers that were a nightmare that actually messed up our taxes. These were meant to be reputable accountants where coming from England, I thought, oh, well, I'm English. I don't want to have to, you know, I don't want to have to learn the American tax system, even though I've been living here for over 10 years. And, and then, uh, so we, we, we got totally screwed by certain accountants. I have one have us overpay city of Los Angeles by thousands. Anyway, long and the short of it, we overpaid in services, we overpaid in certain taxes, but we still were left with this massive tax bill. And then the accountant that we hired, the fourth accountant we hired, he died on us. <laughs> so I took it into my own hands. I've got to come out the other side of this. And my intuition was screaming at me for the longest time to get out of it. But it took me two years to just be like, screw it with this accountant, go and empower yourself. TurboTax was my savior. I started like, if I didn't understand something, I would research it. And I educated myself. I got all our taxes current. I actually got what's called an abatement of penalties because I was able to put forward a case to show we were we were basically screwed over by this accountant and then he died on us. And uh, so that was great. And we, you know, I got it to the point where we got a payment plan with the IRS. So everything will be totally paid off if we stay on this track, which I believe we will. I would say majority of it within two years. And then one of those bills, maybe a little bit long, maybe a couple of years more, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I, I so appreciate 
thank you so much. I, I just so appreciate the, the authenticity and, and the details because, and it's, it's no coincidence that I had this confession call with a friend yesterday about his debt because I believe it is such a huge source of shame and so fucking common. And, and being in this entrepreneurial space, you know, where there's so much conversation about possibilities and, you know, and in making investments in order to, you know, to grow the business that there is a lot of shame and people not sharing. And then that just breeds, right? It just the first step in any of the 12 step programs, you know, when I was in one for around for food in my twenties, you know, is admitting, right. It's, it's admitting and having eyes wide open and really looking at what the problem is. So that's what I'm hearing you say is that you finally got fucking real and you know, the debt resolution, I'm somewhat familiar. So it helps consolidates and creates payment plans and contacts all your debt, you know, your creditors. And you know, it, it is the, you know, the GFR of the money resolution path. So I, I really applaud I really just applaud your transparency and y'all like, right. Joanna Garzilli is just a powerhouse in what you're doing and what you're representing and your tarot news and your other shows and your, you know, award winning books. And this is part of your story that has helped you walk your talk at a deeper level. So the other there, thing, the other yeah, thing tell me some of the lessons <laughs> learned or things you want to share. Yeah. Another thing. So what happened from that, as I went through this process and, and so what happened from there was really, I started to simplify it's sunny before. Now I'm not saying that sometime in the future, I might not have more gain, but I, I feel that my lessons, I needed to simplify everything. And sometimes, for example, I would maybe, uh, let's say if I was going to go on a, a certain show or my other show that I do life stories on camera. And I did, gosh, I've done in this, in less than a year, over 80 interviews. Can you imagine if I bought a new outfit for every interview? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I can't wear the same thing again, but my desire to live within my means is stronger. So I go to myself, well, if someone's going to go and be like, ah, oh, she's wearing the same outfit again. <laughs> like, fuck you. Right. I really, exactly. I mean, if you're going to judge me on that, actually yeah. I'm being sensible with things. Yeah. If you're going to judge me because you see me with the same couple of handbags, good, because I don't want to have the things and then be living totally maxed out. So it's enabled me to make different choices. We live in a small, acute little house in West Hollywood. Things are very simple. My husband can walk to his work. If we have one car, we still have, we have a nice Jeep Trailhawk. That was a lease, but we, we pay, um, we're paid off over half that car. We, the school is close, but I keep things very simple. Where we were spending seven and a half grand a month on food, now we spend about one and a half. And our son has grown a lot. He's 10 now. So we're at one and a half. And that includes buying, you know, dishwasher stuff and toilet paper and all you know cleaning materials with within within that 1500 so that was huge but what happened for me each time if i go oh i i can't spend less on eating out or i have to do this and then what i would do is go let me just sit with it and not buy the thing now where i think i can't live without this thing i'm just not going to do it and then if i still want it or i still need it then i'll do it so what happens now is any purchases that we have made in this past year, 
I feel really, really happy. I don't have any regret where it would be, oh, when I buy this thing, I'm going to feel great. You know, people that have issues with shopping, right? Shopping addiction, stuff like that. I mean, all addictions are, are about, I'm, I'm going to feel, if I get this or I eat this or I buy this or I have sex with this person, it's all like, it's going to fix, it's going to fix it. It's going to fix it. Yeah, exactly. So simplification. And I had some of those isms, so to speak, around uh, with weight as well, fluctuating. I mean, I going through the, the, the process with the debt resolution, different type of shame came up. And then I started putting on, I put on 20 pounds. One has to be vigilant, I found. Started to show up in a different area. Yes. And, and thank God I've since lost that weight and I've kept it off. And I always yo-yoed up and down with my weight. Now I'm pretty consistent and it's not going aggro on stuff. It's integrated. I focus on lifestyle, truly integrate mind, body, spirit, health integration. And then again, for me, many years ago, it used to be through love, you know, love fantasy, obsession type stuff, crazy drugs. Again, it goes back to everywhere you go, there you are. There's everywhere no you go, there me. you are, yes. So, so be in the discomfort. And then the discomfort, it's sort of like, I feel like it's like energetically, it's like a storm. It's, uh, it comes and then it passes, mm. it moves through and then things will feel really good. So if one can just stop and be in, say, like you were saying for the friend of yours that has, is in debt and just let the feelings run through, now I have an amazing relationship with my mom and dad. It was very, it was crazy for years. Love, hate, love, hate. Me being really angry with them. I, my relationship has got better and better with them. Let's end with how all of this feeds or birthed, you know, whether it's Big Miracles, your book, Big Miracles, or if you want to talk about Scarlett's confession, <laughs> um, you know, like where you are now, because I mean, that's what the GFR wormhole, you know, is about. And you've shared so many things already. Like, what do you want our listeners to know in terms of like, hey, y'all, I went through all this. I'm handling it. I'm still going through it. And this is where I'm seeing that is really serving me and it's serving my purpose. A lot for me was about, well, when I look at the uh, what doesn't feel good from commandment two and letting go of what doesn't feel good, for me it was what do other, because I'm a very strong empath and I, I know a lot of people are very empathetic and feeling energy, what's someone going to think of me? You know, what's their opinion they're going to have? So with Scarlett's Confession, I didn't put that book out because that's all crazy again it sort of goes back to loosely off of my own life from being psychic and having this show but absolute chaos in her her own life making poor choices and when I look back at that and actually and I did it as an audio book as well which was really fun recording that you know I thought oh I didn't you know from the character and essentially from me, she didn't have any issue with drinking, but I look at it now and I see, oh, that was there at a subtle level. Something would happen and it wasn't so much like a regular thing of her drinking, but she just go off the deep end or say she wouldn't have sex for months. She'd go wild in a week. There was one point where basically, I mean, she may as well, this feeling of, well, she may as well have been a prostitute. She just didn't get paid. 
but she knowingly put herself in that situation. And that I feel is choosing abusive situations. I don't allow myself to go in those situations anymore. For me with tarot news and covering news and politics and then doing tarot readings live on camera at points when we've done on Periscope, sometimes now we, ju we just record them to be more, more concise, is that my fear was, I can't talk about this stuff. People are going to hate me if I go and speak on these topics. And it's happened where, say, I did Hurricane Dorian and I did several days ahead of the hurricane. Nick asked me to predict the path. And I, I was pretty, I was accurate. And despite being accurate, there were certain people online on YouTube who just attacked me. Oh, you this, 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 this. But people actually stood up for me online and said, she wasn't talking about in the Bahamas. She was talking specifically about Florida. And I didn't just block those people's comments who were mean. I would say, thank you for your feedback. And I would engage and I would ask stuff and it would be crickets. There was someone else who wrote a comment for me on Instagram where I had shared in this video when I was really from the heart and they said, you need a nose job. And I replied back. And that was always my biggest fear, ironically, was wow. <laughs> my dad was always like, oh, for your 25th birthday, do you want a nose job? <laughs> and there was this person saying that to me. And, and then I just kept asking them questions back. They kept coming at me to the point where I said, I don't even know you. What, is there something going on with you? And I was really, I came very heartfelt crickets from them. So I don't feel that fear anymore in terms of, I feel like the more I allow myself to do the work that I'm meant to do, life gets better and better. And any pain or discomfort I feel is really just my unevolved ego. It's fear that shows up as resistance. So I just do my best to go, okay, got some fear. Just be patient. I'm at, this too shall pass. Beautiful. I think that's a great way to wrap things up because it's it. That's the heart of it, right? It and to, I really resonated with you, and you said weather the storm. You know, it's like a storm of emotions because I get that. You know, like something will happen, and I get I get overwhelmed with that storm, and I want to fucking do something about it, and I'm not eating, you know, anymore, and haven't done that for years, and you know, it's like I don't have the vices. So what do you do? You just like sit in it, right? You sit in it, you meditate in it, you be with it. And it's amazing how it passes and there's clarity and intuition about it. So I really appreciate everything that you have shared and your transparency and to represent the aftermath of your journey. Also while still in it, like you're not even on the show saying, oh, all the debts are paid off. We're good, you know you know, wipe your hands of it kind of thing. It's like, no, we're, this is a day to day because you can't stop spending money. Just like you can't stop eating. It's not, it's not one of those easy 12 step programs where you just abstain. You know, it is about creating a new relationship with those things and a new relationship with yourself along the way. I will add one more thing. When I was going through a very intense emotions a week ago and it was gripping for me, even after two years of not using credit cards, that I came across something in the Yoga Sutras of Pantanjali. And I just opened the book and it talked about non-attachment and, and about desires. And Think and Grow Rich, right? It's all about having a burning desire. I think that to me, my understanding is we have to really 
look inside every part of ourselves. And then when we are center grounded, connected, then when we follow a desire, it is really pure. It sort of it animates from within us instead of when it's driving us from the outside, it never leads us to where we want to go to. And so for me, where peace came in was I feel I'm moving more and more what's come out of this because I'm like, well, who am I and what am I doing? Or, and it is more focused on humanity and humanitarianism and freeing people's minds from whatever the self-created prison occurs. And so it really struck a chord for me in that reading, which was to stop human suffering. I went, ah, yes. And then I just suddenly felt peace and I could enjoy the rest of my day. I suddenly felt peace and I can enjoy the rest of my day, right? That is the opening. That is the spark that we seek. And what I'm hearing from you is that we have to stop long enough in order to be connected with that, that spark and that knowing. Yes. Thank you, Johanna. Oh my God. I'm so glad our path has crossed. Thank you for walking through all that you've walked through and come out the other side so that you could share with the world and my listeners. And I'm looking forward to seeing all that you continue to do next in your path. It's amazing. (laughs) Thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. Bye-bye, everybody, for now. I'm so glad you're with me until the bitter end of this amazing journey that is Joanna Garzilli and her getting real about being in six figures of debt and just so you can hear how, um, how amazing things opened up for her once she got out of denial. So she is giving our listeners free 15-minute tarot readings. Yes, you heard me right. <laughs> no strings attached, no catch. Um, the link to schedule is in our show notes. And uh, she's just genuinely loves to do it. She knows that she gives people what they, you know, a message, you know, an insight that they really need. And she trusts that if you want more, you'll ask. And so that's what she's, you know, and (laughs) it'll be up for as long as it's up, I guess. If she gets um, inundated, then we'll probably take it down and I'll have to re-record this. But for the moment, um, she's, uh, that's what she's gifting our listeners. And um, for those of you that are members of our GFR squad, and this is a, it's a paid membership, but it's super fucking inexpensive, 20 bucks a month, y'all, or 200 bucks for the year. And part of what the members get to enjoy is an after the show special segment that doesn't get aired with the public. And so one of the things that she is sharing with our GFR squad members is um, how to know whether it's your intuition or whether you're in denial. And this is something that I think about a lot, right? Because you'd be like, oh, you know, my intuition is saying I shouldn't do that. But like, how do you know you're just in denial and you actually really should do that? So she gives us step-by-step specific ways to identify your intuition versus being in denial and really how to know when you're in denial. So that's our special segment for GFR squad members. So if you're a member, go jump into our squad quad Facebook group and um, you can binge on that and make sure you got your 12 GFR commandments at gfr.life forward slash 12 C. All of our guests are leaning into the commandments and sometimes we talk about them. So it's really great that way. And you know what? The instructions are to read those confession questions and identify one that's hitting in, hitting you in the gut and get writing because it is your roadmap for getting real. And so is this show. Keep listening. Keep being real. 
keep leaning in and I promise you that all your struggle has a higher purpose and we're here to illuminate that for you. Bye-bye for now.